0: The storied legacy of Mercedes-Benz is rooted in empowered women who've gone on to show the world what they can accomplish. This July, Womanica has teamed up with Mercedes-Benz to feature women who've charted their own paths and achieved greatness. Join us on this journey as we celebrate women who were driven to pursue their passions, even if it meant changing course along the way. This month on Womanica, we're talking about dynamos. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're highlighting women who've led dynamic lives that have shifted, evolved, and bloomed, often later in life. Today's Womanican was one of Britain's best-selling novelists. Her 10 books sold more than 3 million copies, an incredible feat considering she didn't publish her first novel until she was 70 years old. Let's talk about Mary Wesley. Mary was born in 1912, the youngest child of a British army colonel and his wife, Violet. Born into a world of wealth and society, Mary was raised with the expectation that she'd never have to work, so she never went to school. A revolving door of governesses took over her education. Once, when she asked her mother why her governesses were always leaving, her mother reportedly said, "'Because none of them like you, darling.' Despite neglect from her mother, Mary grew into a beautiful, curious young woman. Eager to learn more about the world, she took courses at the London School of Economics. But Mary also understood the expectations of a woman in her position. She was presented at court, and when she was 25 years old, married Baron Swinfin. Mary gave birth to two sons, but her marriage was not a happy one. Years later, she admitted that her second son, Toby, was the result of an affair. After a few years, Mary left the Baron. Their eventual divorce in 1945 scandalized her family. Like a lot of British women with Mary's education and social standing, Mary worked in intelligence during World War II. And despite the horrors of the war, Mary thrived. She was newly single, making a difference with her work. She later described the era as an atmosphere of terror and exhilaration and parties, parties, parties. Her life became one of excess, lots of drinking, and lots of lovers. In 1944, Mary met Eric Zietman, a playwright and journalist. He was half Irish, half German, and Mary's family strongly disapproved. But Mary and Eric were head over heels in love. And they stayed that happy for nearly three decades. In 1970, Eric died. His death wrecked Mary. She later wrote that she felt like she'd been cut in half, like a carcass at the butcher's. And it wasn't just that she'd lost her partner— Mary, suddenly a single mother, was also left with no money and no income. She sold her jewelry and knitted pieces. And she started writing again. For much of her life, Mary had penned stories. But despite encouragement from her late husband, she often threw them in the garbage. In the midst of her grief, she started working on a new novel, Jumping the Cue. The plot was personal. A widow can't bear the idea of living without her husband, so she plans a suicidal picnic. And chaos, unexpected, exciting, sensual chaos ensues. The book was sad and funny and a bit eccentric and unlike most books on the market. Mary showed it to a friend who encouraged her to submit it to publishers. After a few no's, jumping the queue found a home with Macmillan Publishing and in 1982, it hit the shelves. Mary, 70 years old and still barely scraping by financially, suddenly was a literary star. For a big part of the 1980s and 1990s, a new year meant a new Mary Wesley book. Her novels featured sex and sexy language, topics that seemed off-limits for a woman like Mary. And though none of them were memoirs, many of her novels allowed Mary to explore parts of her life on paper. Several were set during World War II, when Mary had had something of an awakening. Some featured difficult relationships between mothers and daughters. Some main characters struggled with hatred and anger and violence. Some even kill. Mary kept writing until her death in 2002 at the age of 90. She was buried next to her husband, Eric, in a shiny red coffin that she'd ordered from a local craftsman. For years, she'd used it as a coffee table. All month, we're highlighting dynamos. For more information, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Womanica Podcast. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co creator. Talk to you tomorrow.